You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Well, there you go, right off the top. This is uh, That is the uh, sound for our straight talk. This is Father Richard Kunst, along with Deacon John Foucault, coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth. We're at the St. James Stellamars Academy campus. And, uh, um, uh, yeah, this is our opportunity for to have you, the caller, have an influence over our show. And so we just had a great conversation with uh, with um, uh, Gianna Neepkins in regards to her basketball career and which has taken off like a spaceship sure and her faith. And now um, uh, everybody that's listening probably has some element of faith, or even if it's lacking, you have an opportunity to call in and have any type of question you might have. And you can call that number is 877-795-0122. Once again, that is 877-795-0122. Or you can do it through Facebook. You can just go onto our Facebook page, Submit a question if you are afraid to be on the air itself. You can do it that way. Or even if you don't want to go on Facebook, you can still submit a question without being on the air. You just call that number I gave you, and you ask them to ask the question on your behalf. But this is your opportunity to, to have a, a chat with a, um, a priest and a deacon in regards to elements of the faith, what our faith teaches. Now we're in the Easter season, just getting going in the octave. And uh, also we are in a, a tumultuous time of... Uh, of our country in regards to just the whole societal, political uh, upheaval, it seems. That doesn't seem. It is true. In the pandemic, and, yes, it is. And, and so, um, uh, yeah, you give us a call about any type of topic, 877-795-0122. And what I always say, Deacon John, is that um, uh, when uh, Cindy and I are talking, or before her is Kevin Pilon and I, is that... Um, for some reason, it's almost like clockwork. The callers call in at the last five minutes. Yeah, it's it like, takes a while. We're trying, to, we're trying to like, trying to coax them, and then they come up with all these great questions at the end, and we can't get to all of them and do them justice because they're a little slow. And so, uh, although I think last month that they they I had a couple of early ones, only because I'm. I think only because I'm guilting them. Good Catholic well, guilt. Everybody thinks somebody else is going to call, so I'll wait and yeah. see. And, and I always say, I always say the first caller gets a prize, but I don't tell them what the prize is because it doesn't really exist. Uh huh. Okay, it's one of those. So eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Maybe there's something about the whole Easter Triduum. Maybe there's something about your experience of Lent, or what Easter is all about. Anything really? Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Or via our Facebook page. So as we wait for the first one to come in, tell us about your experience with the Triduum. Um, well, I've been doing this for a while. So the Triduum, How many years now? Um, well, next month I'll celebrate my 23rd, 20, 23rd. An, 23rd oh, anniversary as a priest. Congratulations. But of course, as a deacon and as a seminarian, you do all that stuff too. You yes. know? And so... Uh, um, so I've been doing it for a long time, but it was a it was a good experience. It was a lot better than last year. Yes, much you know? better to be with everybody. Yes. Yeah. So last year was a little bit more challenging, and it was obviously um, uh, for obvious reasons. But part of it was that you know, I mean, you know, I mean, there was nobody there, right? right? You know, right. And so, and so yeah. But anyhow, been tiring as well, right? Tire. Oh yeah. Yes. Tritum is very exhausting for the priests. Yes. 
At least for this priest. Yes. You know. Well, most priests, they, they need, they, we all, you hear from any priests that you usually talk to that on Easter Sunday, it's time for a good nap yeah. and relaxation. Well, after. yeah, and I always say, you know, I mean, people think, well, you know, the busiest times of the year for a priest are Christmas and Easter. It's like Christmas is a cakewalk compared, compared to Easter. Easter. Yes. And so it's not, I mean, Christmas is just like Christmas. That's, that's no big deal as far as work level. But Lent is huge yes. for us. Lent is a much more, that is our busy, busy time. And then you add Holy Week onto that. It's just yep. like, yeah. So I I always say that Easter Monday is my favorite day of the year. Yeah. I love Easter Monday. Do you usually take Mondays off or Fridays off? I take Fridays off. Do you and take so Monday off after Easter? I did not. Uh-huh. I, was, I was in the office and uh, and doing work and had early Mass as usual. Yep. But uh, um, yeah, it's good, but you still feel the, um, uh, you feel, even though I haven't taken a day off since Easter, it feels like a day off. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. How about your, what was your triduum like? Oh, well, it was wonderful. Uh, it was so nice to be able to be with everybody from Holy Thursday on. Uh, my wife and I were in Florida until Wednesday, so we got back Wednesday. We were looking forward to being able to be with the parish and the congregation, and uh, it was a, a spiritual time. It was mm-hmm. beautiful to be able to have the fire outside this year, and yeah. we had uh, baptism, we had uh, rite of initiation and confirmations as well at the uh, Holy uh, Saturday Night Vigil. Uh, it was beautiful. And then uh, Sunday was overflow into our social space yeah. up at St. Lawrence. So it was so nice to I know, see. I know that you are not part of the, um, formerly part of, part of our RCIA program, but your parish and my parish, we have a joint program. And yes. so um, uh, I walked with all those people. And your parish that went through confirmation, got baptized. I was you know with them. them all, and I, was yes. teaching, I know them all. And so it was uh, exciting. It'll be exciting to see them all after when we have RCI. Tonight we don't have RCI. Normally it's Tuesday nights. We're giving them a break, but next week it'll be good to, to chat with them and see how that experience was for them. Yeah, that's going to be very special to be able to walk with everybody throughout oh, yeah, that process. Yeah, it's great. And then, yeah. It's great. And when we have joint programs together with our parishes, it's even a stronger program. So, all right, so folks, so 877 That's 877 Or via our Facebook page, we do have some um, uh, things that are starting to percolate here, but we have to wait for behind the scenes here. Our screen has to turn green before right. we can read it. So in the meantime, it's 877-795-0122 or via our Facebook page. Don't be afraid to ask a question. It's your opportunity to ask even off-the-wall questions. That doesn't mean I'm going to answer them, but you can answer it. Ask any type of question you got. Well, you had a question on the way in from the sisters as they were walking in, and it oh, was, that's it was right. A but little thankfully, bit of, this is just turned green. So turned green. So we'll one. come to that one later. All right. <laughs> All right, uh, Deacon. Uh, Would you uh, like John, me to read that? Sure. Why don't you read it? Okay. Um, oh, it's oh, they're oh, on so the Michael's phone. on the. Okay, Michael, go ahead. You're Hello. calling from Duluth. I see that. That's a good sign. I am. I All right. What's your uh, What's your question, Michael? Well, I have two questions. Uh, the first one is. I'm hearing from other dioceses that they're having a problem with um, priests being lonely in their living arrangements. I mean, I know that the priests are taking care of two, sometimes three churches, but usually they're out in the middle of nowhere and they don't have any um, um, friendship with the brothers, you know, the priestly friendship, and that some of the dioceses are thinking of grouping priests together, like living in a facility with three or four of them together. They'll still have their churches, but they're going to be living in a place so that they're not isolated from each other. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, actually, uh, Michael, the, the Diocese of St. Cloud has been doing that for quite a long time, where they've grouped um, a priests together and do groupings of, of parishes, so to speak. And so, you know, I mean... I think that there's a lot of merit to that in regards to like the rural parts of the the diocese, uh, but I would just say, and it's going to be each priest is going to be a little bit different. So it's like right. I can I can tell you from my standpoint, I kind of say this tongue in cheek, but 
um, uh, I often pray for loneliness because I don't have an opportunity to be alone. And so it's like, you know, I think that the, the, there's somewhat of a misnomer that priests are always lonely. Most priests are, that I know are super busy and cannot wait to get their downtime. And so, uh, you know, I mean, there's definitely loneliness involved in, that, in the life of the priest, but I, don't, it, I think it's a little bit overblown to what maybe lay people think. And so I do think that there's value, though, in regards to having priests live together, in regards to, like, accountability to one another, praying in community with one another, and, and I think that those are two really big uh, benefits. The one time I lived with another priest, it was, I had an associate at one point, and uh, it's like I was ready to see him go. It was like kind of like too much togetherness. Too much togetherness, you know. And so it's like so, but it depends on you know every priest is going to have a little bit different feelings about that. Yeah, it's very good, Michael. Do you have a do you have another unless you have a follow up on that? You have another question. You said I do have another question. Uh, last year there was supposed to be the Vatican visits to Duluth, and of course it right. got canceled because of COVID. And I was reading on the I do believe it was Saint Isidore's. Down in Sturgeon Lake, their bulletin was talking about they're going to have the Vatican visits to Duluth this year in August. Is that true? Okay, I'm glad. I'm, thank you for pointing that out to me, Michael. So it's the Vatican returns to Duluth. The Vatican comes to Duluth happened in 2004. This is the Vatican returns to Duluth, and it is not going to be happening this August. And so ah, okay. um, uh, right now the goal is, from my stamp, uh, from the standpoint, from my understanding, you know, is that it will be in August of 2022. And that's because the board that was, or the committee that was kind of running it, just felt like it was too much work to be putting in to have so many unanswered questions yet for this coming August. So the hope is that in 2022, the Vatican returns to Duluth will be back at the deck, as was planned for last year. Okay. <clears throat> but okay. Thank, thanks, well, Michael, for that, uh, for that question. Okay, thanks very much. All right, yep, a Have a good day, God Michael. Yeah, and so that question about the priests joining together, you know, it's like every priest, every, everybody's different, everybody's, including yeah. priests. And so it's like, do do people want to live together or not live together? And so uh, it was always the joke when it was Father Ben Hatterich that was my associate. We always joked, like, well, I didn't say I do to him. You know, so it's like <laughs> living with him is kind of like a more of a pain than it is anything well, else. And know? it depends on the space, too. If you had, you know, your own separate living space versus just right. a bedroom and sharing a living room and a kitchen, if you had more separation and, and like we, that, that And could we make did a have separation well. except for the kitchen. Yeah. And let yeah. me tell you, Father Ben, love the guy, still a good friend of mine. Yeah. But that guy did not clean up after himself in the kitchen. So <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to wring his neck so many different times. But he, but we did have separate living quarters. We each had yes. our own suite. But even then, it's like, okay, you know, it's like I really need my downtime at yeah. the end of the day. And and uh, um, but it was it was good. It was good. But when I think I know, that some priests really do need that. This question did surface up one of our clergy days here three four years ago, and it was asked by. Yeah. someone if they'd be interested of it. So, yeah, it's yeah, interesting. I think he, there's some talk about yes. it among yeah. the guys. Okay, we have Melissa on the call, from, on the phone from Spearfish, South Dakota. Melissa, welcome to Real Presence Live. Hi there. Um, this is Melissa. My Melissa. question was, um, does Jesus or God have emotions? Um, because my debate with my sister was that I believe he does not. I think that emotion is a human weakness, that we fall victim to being angry or being happy with someone that causes us to act differently. If God has emotions, does he act differently based on those emotions? Okay, that's a that's a very good question. So I'm going to maybe separate your question a little bit because you, you put Jesus, you, you articulate Jesus and then you articulate God. And so we would say that Jesus in the incarnation, in his, he's got the human nature in all things. 
So Jesus had all the spectrum of emotions that we have, all right? Fully human in all ways except for sin. And so did he act on those emotions? Yeah. Well, you know, we don't think emotions are necessarily weaknesses, but they can. They can become weaknesses. But if you have control of your emotions, then they're not a weakness. Emotion is a completely, totally normal human thing to experience. And so Jesus experienced it. We see that. I mean, the Gospels make it very clear that he, he had emotions. He wept. He got angry. You know, I mean, and so, uh, and so, yeah, he had emotions. But when we talk about God, there's like, you know, like the deity, God. So that's Jesus in the incarnation when he assumed the human nature. When we separate that, and we can't really separate that because that's God is God, but uh, when we talk about like the deity of God, the, let's say God the Father, does he have emotions? And we would say that, you know, when we talk about, when we talk about God being angry or God being happy with us, or I remember on The Simpsons, uh, Rod and Todd um, of Flanders, the next door neighbors of The Simpsons would always say, you're making baby Jesus cry. You know, so uh, it was kind of like a humorous way of God's emotions. But does God... The deity, God the Father, have emotions, and we'd say, you know, probably not. You know, I mean, we we put we put those human terms onto God because we have no other experience, and so we we put human things onto God just so that we can relate to Him better. So when we say that, well, God's really angry with you, it's like, mm, uh, I don't know if we would put it in the same way that humans have emotions of anger. And so I would say, Melissa, you are you are both right and wrong. In that regards, but you—if your sister's not listening, you can just say that you were right. Yep. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. All, all right. Um, <laughs> then the you. other the, question stems yeah. back to like the Old Testament and and God being mad at yeah. um, say the Jews for their yep. actions. Yeah, um, that wouldn't yeah. actually have been anger then, if you're saying that correctly. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's a that's a great follow up question. So it's like I always say, well, why does God seem like such a jerk in the Old Testament, such a nice guy in the New Testament? You know, and so. In the in the Old Testament, we hear at the beginning of the letter to the Hebrews where it says that, you know, in the past, God spoke in fragmentary and varied ways through the prophets. Uh, and so our perception of God, the Old Testament perception of God was not a complete perception of God. Jesus came and gave the fullness of the revealed truth of God. And so even in the writings of the Old Testament, we were not getting the full picture of God. And so with that, and so we were even more off track in regards to the nature of God and who God was and who God is because we didn't have the fullness of his revelation. And so back then, yeah, I mean, they were putting even more of a human humanness onto God. And, you know, uh, and so you do see like the angry type of God more in the Old Testament, but God was not fully revealed at that time, you know, and so we were left to human devices that were inspired by God. You know, the it's that the Old Testament's inspired by God, but it wasn't fully the revelation of Him. Does that make sense? Yes, thank you. Okay, all right. Thank you very much, Melissa. It was an excellent question. Well, that, and that is good because um, people talk about God and anger and being mad and upset yeah. and so forth. So I think that calling question was a fantastic question in regards to the revelation of of the fullness when the incarnation and, happened and, is really when we came to understand God, as you had said. That's right. You can keep on calling 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122 or via our Facebook page. When I was in seminary, theologically, um, and I can't remember exactly, I, I remember the terms, but I can't remember which one was what, which, but there's two ways that we talk about God, the apophatic and the kapophatic way. And I believe kapophatic was kind of like, you don't even explain who God is, you say God is God. Because... The more you put human uh, traits on God, the more you kind of articulate him in the 
English language or any type of language, you actually limit him. Yes, and there's and so, a limit. So, um, uh, so the apophatic, I believe, was the way where you talk about God and you kind of explain him so you can relate to him. Apophatic is like, no, nope, you just say God is God and you just leave it at that. Because our human, our human language cannot capture God, and in a way you box him in that way. So actually, the Orthodox Jews are really good at that. The Orthodox Jews, the Hasidic Jews would say, oh, God is God. Let's not talk any more about it. That's know? it, yep. So, yeah, What's so our number again? 877-795-0122. We've had a couple of courageous callers. Mm-hmm. I want to give them kudos. Or you can uh, get us on our Facebook page and submit a question if you don't want to be on the uh, on the radio. Maybe you should start giving away gifts for people to call. You mentioned that you... you yeah. Yeah, you know, it's just an like idea. Like what kind of gifts... What what kind of gift I'm going to give somebody in Spearhead, Spearfish, South Dakota? I don't know, but I put I, I could come up with something over the next couple of weeks yeah, for you. Well, so, okay, well, yeah. then are you going to be the supplier of the gift? No, I was going to say, you're going to be on a vacation here. Yeah. You know, maybe you would pick up some nice things that you could use as, as incentives for uh, the next show. I think people can just call in without <laughs> incentives. 877-795-0122. We've had one call from Minnesota, one from South Dakota. Let's get one from Minnesota, yes. North Dakota, and Wyoming. That so would I think be very nice. cover our listening area. So right now we have Minnesota and South Dakota well represented. Let's see if we can have a couple of other people from different states call in. Wyoming? I don't know if I've ever had a call from Wyoming. You haven't? Uh, maybe I have. 877-795-0122. That's a toll-free phone call. And, of course, it's also free to go on Facebook, Facebook page. And there, You know, I've got off Facebook. I was on Facebook for years. Yeah. Um, I dropped off Facebook sometime around December. And I tell you, it's been uh, it's very fair. It's a very smart to get yes. off Facebook. Yes. I, I was on Facebook for about six months. I do miss it from, you know, being able to communicate with family members and friends that were out, you yeah. know, and, and seeing pictures of what they're doing and that type of stuff. But when, there was so much noise on when it. They, when they, and you know, like I said, I was on it for six months years ago, and I dropped, I've been off it for a long, long time. But uh, um, uh, uh, when they when they started to censor yes. people, uh, I think that um, uh, censoring, that, that should have made a lot of people should quit have, it. Should and, exactly. and same with Twitter. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, we're always worried about, we're always worried about our government censoring people. But it's gotten to the point now. It's now it's social media that censors people. Exactly. So, folks, you can still use Facebook though. To, uh, put a question That's out right. there. We can see it. We'd love to have you submit a question or dial in. But too. I totally support boycotting all these big social medias because of censoring. Censoring yes. is is very un-American. Yep. And I would say it's communist. So somebody might want to call in and, and have a conversation about that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You can do that. It's open time. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. For heaven's sakes, there are so yep. many crazy things in our world today. There should be lots of calls coming in. And I'll tell you, it's like I'm kind of really in tune with this stuff because even though I'm not on social media, you I'm are. very in tune with the media yes, and, and the new the news. I should say the news. Well, for your political background in yep. your younger years, that yeah. is your passion yes, too. It is. Well, yeah. I mean, it I, is just an interest. Yep, it's an interest of mine. And so it's like it's right below the surface of my skin. This I've, I got very very strong opinions about what's happening in every aspect. So of with our this world great talk today. segment, folks, this is the time to call in. Yeah, if you want to get into a political debate, I'm all for it. Let's go. What's the number? 877-795-0122. Although I do think that probably the majority of people that are uh, listening are probably of similar minds. Probably are, yes. Yeah. So well, they eight, could call in and compliment it. Yeah, you could. Yeah, that's Father Rich, you are so smart. You are so right on your politics. <laughs> we are in agreement with you. 877-795-0122. Or we have our Facebook page that yes. we were just trashing a little while ago, Facebook in general. But it is, <laughs> we'll there, it's not it. all bad. It's no. not all bad. No, it's an evangelization tool as well. It if, is. And I tried to use it as that. 
So yeah, I mean, obviously my parish is on Facebook. Yes, exactly. You know? And so they're live streaming all my masses. Yep. That's all on Facebook. Yep. So it's like there are there obviously are benefits, but there are some real big pitfalls yes, to it are. too. Yeah, well, we'll use it to the benefit we can. For eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. I mean, actually, the Catholic Church's history is full of saints and you know real um, uh, what you should say you know trendsetters that have started off with the media that was at hand, like yes. Saint John Bosco was big into print, you know. Maximilian Colby was, you know, the radio, all, you know, some of the, some of the saints really utilized their, uh, um, uh, their media, their, their modern media at that time. Yep. We have to do that as well. We have well. to do the same thing. You're so exactly we can right. trash it for the negative, but, but we can talk about it for the positive. To, we have to use yes. the positive as well. Yes. I think we have one coming in here shortly, yep. but yep. throw well, that number out there again. 877-795-0122. That is our number to make a phone call. And we do have something green. All right. We have a question not on the phone. Do you want to read that? Sure. Since Jesus knew Judas would hand him over, how is it that not predestination? You want to answer that one first? Okay. How is that not predestination? Okay. There's a difference between predestination and pre-knowledge. And so just because you know something's going to happen doesn't mean you're the cause. All right. So uh, some people might have a hard time wrapping their head around that, but it's very real. Say it again, because so, you know it's going to happen. Just because you know it's going to happen cause. doesn't mean you're the cause of it happening. So Jesus knew that it was going to be Judas that was going to do it. He didn't cause him to do it. Correct. Judas has his complete free will. So the follow-up then is, did Judas, was Judas doomed from birth because he would hand over Jesus later in life? No, he was not doomed because he always had not that will. He, no, he always had that opportunity. He always had that opportunity not to. Yep. Exactly right. Never mind me standing. I just have to stand sometimes. So, uh, yeah, so it's a good question. It's a question that comes up often. Another example of that is the Pharaoh in the whole Exodus story. You know, people say, oh, it seems yeah. like he was really, you know, predestined to be that way. But no, that's not the way it works. So it looks like we have another call we coming do. in. It's Green, Stan, calling from Duluth. Stan, welcome to Real Presence Live. Oh, he's, oh, he's not, not on, on the phone. Okay. Can so he's calling from Duluth. Go ahead. You, okay. Could Father speak about the differences in the passion narratives? And what should Christians take away from that? So he's talking about from Palm Sunday to... Good Friday. Yeah. Uh, Stan, I think I know who Stan is, and I think Stan was my lector at this morning mass. Cause I, that was my homily. My homily uh-huh. was that um, uh, you know sometimes sometimes uh, non Christians criticize Christianity based on our uh, our passion, not our passion, but our, the resurrection accounts. I made the point that the, the most inconsistent aspects of the gospels between the four gospels are the resurrection yes. accounts. They're so different from one another, and so and so um, in their differences, people will say, well. I mean, they can't all be right, you know, so therefore, you know, Christianity can't be accurate if they're all so different from one another. And so, um, uh, you know, the the whole, so, that, so what's the question? Speak about the difference in the passion. Oh, he's asking about the passion. Yeah, so what can Christians take away from that? And clearly they're inspired by God, but what are okay. we to take away? I still so, think he's talking about the resurrection accounts. But uh, um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, take away that everybody had different experiences. They, they had different experiences of it, and every one of them are accurate. You know, there's a difference between historical truth and bigger truth. You know, I mean, we can't read the Bible, any part of the Bible, as a history textbook as we look at it today. History textbooks today are very analytical about history. Yep. Nothing in the Bible is that way. Are they historical? Yes, they are absolutely historical. But we are in the 21st century mindset of what does history look like to us versus what they look like to them. And so the bigger truth is that Jesus rose from the dead and how he manifested himself in that resurrection of from the dead account to each person was varied and different. And the Gospels were written at different times to different people, but they all made the same points. And you preached on that today because of today's Gospel where Mary was at the entrance of the tomb and looked inside? 
and the yeah, difference I mean, from, well, well, we're from in, the other resurrection account of yeah, running up to the tomb. Well, right? we're, okay. we're, we're, in the, we're in the octave, so it's all right. about the resurrection. Oh, exactly, okay. All right, so instead of going to the Passion narrative, we focused on the resurrections. Um, so let's go to uh, Maria from Fargo. I don't think she's on. Go ahead and read okay. it. Can you talk about what the early church fathers said about the Eucharist? Why does the Catholic Church believe the Eucharist is the body and blood of Christ? And how much of that comes from what the church fathers say? Maria, this is, a, this is a big question. That's a lot. I could have been talking about this for a long time. Uh, but the early church father, uh, okay, let me let me paraphrase a quote from St. John Henry Newman. St. John Henry Newman, and this is a paraphrase, he said, to know history is to not be Protestant. And in large part, what basically what uh, Newman is saying is that the more you know about the early church, the more you know about early Christianity, the more you realize how Catholic it is. And so... Uh, the, 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 you see the kernel of the Catholic Church in the early church. You don't see the kernel of Lutheranism in the early church. And so it, you don't even have to go to the church fathers. You can talk about St. Paul. St. Paul gives the account of the Last Supper as the Eucharist in his letter to the Corinthians. And so the, the early church always was consistent in regards to what the Eucharist is. It's never been inconsistent. And so, um, uh, um, so, so that's what I'd say, yes, the, about the early church part. The second part is, why does the Catholic Church believe the Eucharist? Because Jesus said so. Jesus said, this is my body, this is my blood. And if you go back to John 6, he kept saying, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will not have life within you. Well, you can imagine that all those people left him. Yeah. And even the apostles were so, what the heck is this all about? But then you fast forward to the Last Supper, and Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood. So you can imagine all those apostles having the light bulbs above their heads, like, ah, this is what he meant all that time. You know, when he was talking about eating my flesh and drinking my blood, now it all comes together at the Last Supper when he said, this is my body, this is my blood. And so we believe it because it was, it's Jesus who said it and Jesus who taught it. And from the very beginning, from the very beginning, this has always been the church's teaching. All right, so Maria, thank you very much for that question. Great question. And Stan before us, thank you for that question as well. And so um, uh, we're coming up to the last few minutes. of yep, we have of, one more coming We have in. a lot of great calls and questions, yes. so I'm very happy about this. We have another call coming in. But, um, yeah, Eucharist is a big thing. Uh, there's no way that you it's, can ever capture, you know, Eucharist. The number one differentiator between us and yeah, other yep, denominations. It's a, yep, it's the yep. biggest thing that separates us yep. from, from our Protestant brothers and sisters exactly right. is the Eucharist. Yeah, so we got about, um, uh, I don't think we're taking any more um, uh, questions other than maybe this last one that we're still waiting on. But I'd love to talk more about the Eucharist when um, uh, more questions come in at some other point. Because that's like, obvious. I became a that priest is, because that is of the Eucharist. A, you've talked about that many times, and yeah. that is a favorite uh, uh, of apologetic all? discussion to right. have yes yeah. yeah well i had the big debate with pastor yes, Collins about that yes that our theology uncapped exactly yeah. yeah we'll have to talk about that a little bit more too sometime all right so um uh, yeah eucharist is a big one we're still waiting on this last question on the phone but we cannot Just do it about until it there. turns green Mm-mm. okay we'll have to take, we might have to take this one real quick after the break okay we can all do right, that so we got um uh, 30 seconds to kill here and uh, so it's been going fast so far. It goes John. fast every time I'm with you. Yes, yep. it does. All right. And it's always enjoyable. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, well, it's good. Um, uh, they're on the phone, but um, uh, I think that our, our boss back at the uh, main office saying, let's hold off on this one. Is that right, Therese? Yeah. Okay. All Break right. coming up. So, um, uh, so far, so good. And so we will take this last question after we come back from the break. You're listening to Real Presence Live coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth. <laughs> 